Hello and welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Series 5 by 5 In this series, we'll meet some incredible experts across a range of fields and we'll explore top tips for senior professionals to thrive and find joy in leadership. So whether you're out for a walk, you're on your daily commute or you found a few minutes to yourself with a nice cup of tea, enjoy these conversations and keep a notebook handy for the top tips that are shared. Today I'm joined by Baxter and we are going to talk about the top five things to help women in midlife. But first let me share who Baxter is. So Baxter is a world traveller, yoga therapist, chef on yachts, flew planes in the skies, speaks four languages and co-hosted food and wine tours around the world. When she discovered yoga over two decades ago, she turned her attention to the well-being space, became a qualified yoga therapist, and now specializes in midlife. Having not seen a doctor for the past 20 years, she doesn't take any supplements, has managed to avoid COVID, and although doesn't claim to be anywhere near perfect, does feel in balance. Hello, Baxter. It's fantastic to have you joining me. How are you? I'm Lisa. I'm very well, thank you. And are you as well as you look? I am. I am very well, thank you. And You're looking great. Thank you. So for the audience, you know, I know firsthand about the wonderful work that you do uh, because, Baxter, I was one of your first students when you launched into the, the midlife space. So You're my very first student. My very first. So, And we worked together in 2020 when, for me, I was undergoing, you know, a pretty significant time of transformation. I'd sort of stepped away from executive roles. I was post-treatment um, for breast cancer and pre-dreaming up the wonderful adventure that I'm on now. So I can't thank you enough for the time that we spent together. It was um, absolutely amazing. Mm, and it's so great to see you where you're at now. Um, it was a really big time, wasn't it, for you? And um, and I think you've really just taken all of that and and made made the most of that transitional period as well. You didn't fall down. You didn't default to heavy. You really just, you picked it up and you you just took full responsibility. And to see you now where you're at doing what you're doing is indeed brave leadership. Brilliant. So let's get straight into the conversation today. You know, today's topic is all about midlife for women and how can they thrive rather than just survive so I'm going to kick straight off and ask you, Baxter, what is this stage called midlife? Hmm. Well, you know, age-wise, I mean, the Ayurvedas do do believe that we can live to 120. So when you say 40 to 60 is midlife, it's a pretty rough and good estimate of, of being literally in midlife. But also, I mean, anyone who's in it would know how transitional it is. There's so much that happens in this stage of life. It's a massive transition. It's almost like the bookend, the puberty. Uh, and it's a gateway to stage three, I believe. So a lot happens in this in this period and it's really important to pay attention to it. So why is it so challenging, you know, and I'm going to focus particularly on women, but why is it so challenging for women to navigate? You know, what are some of those changes you're talking about that, that are happening at that time? Everything. You know, everything changes for women uh, in midlife. I mean, first your hormones change. We go into menopause and that has an enormous effect on how we look physically, on how we think, you know, brain fog can set in. That can throw us off track really easily. As 
does you know life situations with relationships to other people your family your kids are growing up they're leaving the nest with your work you know if you're experiencing brain fog and then sometimes you know obviously you're not going to be able to access that information that you once had access to and you start to doubt yourself even and that's when your confidence gets a hit that's when imposter syndrome starts to appear and so we need to really um um, be aware I think of of these challenges which are really common Mm. and look at them as as opportunities to say well what can I do with these very common um, events that happen to most women at this stage so let's get straight into some top tips for people you know what what do you think are the five sort of top tips that can help women in midlife well one is to um to pay attention to it really and and recognize what's happening and not deny it you know the more we try to avoid what's happening the more we into denial we go and then we seek these sort of very immediate things for relief so if we can you know pay attention and just spend time listening to it i think is really the first step and because the mind will also justify anything don't mm-hmm. forget like you you have these really obvious signs that appear to you the question is what do you do with them do you pay them attention or do you, you know, avoid them? And just to demonstrate that, if anyone sort of has come across my webinars or my stories, I was flying these planes in, in Florida and my very first um, solos cross country, I'd flown the same path the week before. So I was familiar with it, but I was alone this time and I took off and I took off just five degrees to the right. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a huge mistake by any means and very forgivable. But it's what happened along the way. You know, I was reading these signs that I was off track, but my mind was justifying that I wasn't. It didn't want me to be unsafe. It didn't want me to sort of feel off balance. And so for some reason, it just keeps justifying these these obvious signs to a point where, you know, it was going to reach a critical condition or stage if I didn't start paying attention. So the question is, if you don't recognize it now, something's going to happen down the track that's going to take a major correction that you're going to need a bigger team on board to help you get back on track with if you don't do something about it now. So paying attention and recognising it really is, I think, the first tip. Can I pause you on that then? So what does that look like? What what are some of the things, you've worked with a lot of people now, what are some of those, you know, five degrees off path? Mm. What are some of those things that people notice? Mm. Or maybe, you know, maybe don't. Yeah. Well, stress is a classic one, isn't it? I mean, stress is really the root cause of all disease and stress is such a sneaky guy. It it comes in so many forms and disguises. So I think you just have to recognise, am I feeling calm right now? Do I feel content right now? And if not, then I'm feeling something else. Mm. And, And see it being disguised as something else. Don't justify it as being normal. Mm. If I'm not feeling calm, I'm feeling agitated. If I'm not feeling content, I'm feeling discontent. How does that actually appear? You know, And come back to then start practicing what contentment actually does feel like. So you become familiar with how that feels and then you can recognize easily how it doesn't feel. Okay. In the absence of contentment, you'll recognize how it, how it expresses itself. Okay. So back to the second tip then. Mm. Um, well, I think that sort of, segues into the second tip of how do we measure our these indicators and and 
yeah, they could be, you know, um, brain fog and we can sort of harm that off as being, oh, that's just normal with age. You know, everyone says they have that. Or it could be, uh, maybe I'm just drinking too much and if I stop drinking, well, then, you know, I might have a clearer mind. Um, and if we keep measuring ourselves through external indicators of success, then we won't pay attention to the internal ones. You know, so it's really about, well, what do I switch my attention to? You know, do I keep engaging in those external measures of success or do I start really listening to my internal inner wisdom that's always with me yeah. if I just spend enough time with it? You know, and it is about spending time with it. If you want to learn anything, if you want to improve any relationship, spend time with it. What do you mean when you say spend time with it? Sit down with it. I mean, how yeah, how do you spend time with it? Like quite often we don't want to spend time with things that are challenging for us or perhaps that might mean there's going to be tough times. You know, we don't we don't want to spend time with those things that might reveal themselves as being challenging, you know, for example. So stay busy instead. So stay exactly. busy and distract yourself instead of yeah. slowing down and acknowledging some of those things yeah let's fill our cup let's keep filling our cup with stuff instead of emptying it and and so the opposite is true the less you know less we less our our cups are filled then the more space we have to recognize what's actually here i think i might need to start emptying that cup out again baxter just as you say that i'm thinking "Hmm, might have forgotten that one Mm. um what about the third tip well, this is where your practice really sort of starts coming into it. Um, you know, like if, how do you make time? Well, first of all, you've got to make time. You've actually got to sit down and make time for yourself. And then, well, what do you do in that space then? What do you actually do in the, with that time to pay attention? And that's where a practice comes into it. So, you know, seek seek guidance with that. I mean, you can go out and DIY it. You can go out and search the internet and find like a lovely you know, breathing app or a meditation app or something online or go to a local class. And all these things are really beautiful things to do. Um, but it requires a bit more than that. It's not just one thing that is going to unlock all of this for you. So it's about engaging in in a mindset that can, can shift old patterns and old behaviours. And so having a consistent practice, ideally that's been designed for you by an expert or someone in this space, is the, by far the most efficient and effective way for you to empty your cup and to really start developing and deepening your awareness around self. When you say practice, and there's lots of things you brought up there, but are you essentially, um, are you talking a yoga therapy practice? Uh, well, yes. I mean, a mindful practice, definitely. I mean, okay. it could be as easy as a five-minute breath practice. It could be a 20-minute meditation. It could okay. be an asana practice. And really the practice will be different for everybody, and that's the point. But what type of practice is best for you, how will you know that unless you go to someone who can give you a full assessment, design something for you? You just can't. Even for me, it's hard to know what best fits me yes it's hard to see your own stuff isn't it really it's hard to see from the tree sometimes so that's where that support really helps but yeah definitely some type of consistent practice every day even if it's just for five minutes is so important 
Okay. Fantastic advice. What did we get up to? Three. So I think we must be at number four. Mm. Um, look at look at your relationships and life is actually all about balance and life is all about giving. You know, we are a part of the greater whole. So what role do you play in this greater whole? And just look at simple things like what's your relationship between um, your community and you, your, your family and you, um, things and you. Do you take more than what you give? Do we consume more than what we contribute? Now, there's always this thing is like, how can I give back? How can I contribute? Because we recognise we need to. But it's such a fundamental exchange that goes on that if we are receiving more than we're giving, there's going to be a conflict somewhere. There's going to be an imbalance somewhere. So have a look at, you know, your relationships to place, to people, to time, to money, to stuff. Mm. And number five. Um, well, number five is... Um, I mentioned practice before around sort of like yoga types of practices, but I mean, people, you know, that might not suit some people either, but um, definitely um, when it comes to finding any practice, it needs to be sustainable. So I just want to touch on that again, because um, a sustainable practice, it, it, um, think, about, think about the end result, like what are you actually doing this for, right? Consider cause and effect, and this is like a fundamental principle in yoga. Be really aware of the effect that your actions have. So if you're wanting to engage in something to simply lose weight, right, to drop a few kilos and that intensive sort of like PT or gym class does that, that's fantastic. But is that sustainable and is that a, a long-term goal that you can sort of maintain by doing that? So keep that in mind when choosing your practice. And then I think the the fifth the fifth point that I wanted to make is um, um, be kind to yourself. You know, really, you've made it this far, and you've done really well. And you know, life's not all about achieving; it's just about being, and sitting back and and pausing and stopping. And, and recognising that rest is as important as doing. Mm. That's what's going to make your life sustainable, actually, is by learning how to rest. Mm. Um, I love I love that one. And, yeah, I think that was a huge thing I learned from the work we did together because uh, I'm a very good doer. I'm very good at getting stuff done, not so good at, um, you know, just pausing and allowing that kind of space for myself. That was a huge, huge uh, thing for me that unlocked a lot. I do want to ask Baxter, and I think we I think we covered um, maybe six tips because um, I feel like we did number five twice. But for everyone listening, that's just a nice bonus for you. Um, I asked you about yoga therapy. Can I just say what is the difference between yoga therapy and yoga? You know, I hear a lot of people say that they they do yoga. Mm -hmm. um, can you help out with that? Because I know there is a difference. Yeah, to keep it really simple, yoga, as most people are familiar with the concept of, is that you go to a group class and you do some asanas and you might do a breath practice and there might be meditation. And that's all well and good and, and you come away and hopefully you feel much better for it. You know, hopefully you feel lighter and calmer from that. But it doesn't necessarily always mean that you will because it's a group class. Mm -hmm. But when yoga is tailored for the individual, based on a full assessment that way we can diagnose where the corks in your system lie 
and that could be physical it could be in the mind 95 percent of them are in the mind and that's mm-hmm. where over 95 percent of all conditions start from so when we can diagnose where these corks are we can give you a practice we can customize that and design that which then we give to you and it only needs to be 20 minutes but when you're doing that practice you're going to pop your own corks mm-hmm. right and so it's a self a self-applied therapy in that regard but it requires you to do it and not only will you get longer and stronger and lighter and clearer and experience more relief you're also so many other things happen in that what you're doing is actually you're applying the ancient philosophy of yoga you're doing it you're applying it you're experiencing it and now you're going to know it at a much deeper level Mm. I um you know I know and just again for the audience you and I initially met because you were doing well and and you have for years done yoga in the park um in in Victoria in Sorrento and I know at the time and I sort of shared this with you that I had that agitated sort of feeling that you were referencing earlier where um whilst I couldn't necessarily put my finger on it I didn't feel calm um and I'd forgotten actually I think what that felt like to feel calm and so it was through joining you I think it was almost for two weeks I turned up you know every single morning because while I was there I I felt that feeling of calmness and I think that was then what I was you know chasing or seeking when you and I started working together and without a doubt I found that Uh, without a doubt so Baxter if you could leave our audience with sort of three practical tips what Mm. would the three most practical tips be to help women in midlife find your calm (laughs) yeah yeah find your calm let go of everything else that prevents you from finding that calm and obviously like you know anchored to that and fundamental to that is good sleep Mm. early to bed early to rise I mean, it sounds so mundane, but it is, it's such a foundation for us. And if you find that difficult, then that's where you need to jump on something like a challenge or get collective help, you know, or or seek individual help. But it just pays to do that, really. So consider your tongue as being the gateway between you and the external world, because what goes over the tongue is is speech and what comes back in through over the tongue is is normally food and and drink right so it's a very important organ of your body it's the gateway now if you just simply pay attention to that every day i mean we are engaged constantly in speech and in consumption of food and and drink so um that's a really big one like why am i what what effect are these words going to have that i'm going to say and what effect is this food that i'm about to eat going to have like mm. what's the big picture of this? And simply paying attention to that very simple gateway will reveal a lot. Fantastic, Baxter. Thank you so much for joining our conversation and sharing your expertise and top tips. I love that you've added your voice to the conversation, um, as you should, given it was so instrumental in getting me to the place um, to kind of kick all these off in the first place. So I hope everyone has had the chance to hear the message loud and clear from Baxter today, five by five. Have a wonderful day and thank you, Baxter. Thanks, Melissa. It's been great. 
I hope you enjoyed this 5x5 podcast. If you love leadership stories, then why don't you dive into some of our incredible conversations with wonderful leaders who talk to me about their experience with imposter syndrome, whether leaders are born or made. And I asked all of them, what does brave feminine leadership mean? And does it need to change? If you're here because you're keen to keep learning, then why don't you join our free five-day leadership challenge? You can find that by going to our website, www.bravefeminineleadership forward slash five day challenge. That's number five. So www.bravefeminineleadership forward slash five day challenge. Or keep an eye out for us on Instagram. You can find us at Brave Feminine Leadership or connect with us and grow your network on LinkedIn by finding Brave Feminine Leadership. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.